You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. All right, we got a lot of ground to cover today, a lot of exciting things. Um, I'm going to just invite you. I'm going <laughs> to, I told my wife we got a lot to do. She said, do half. <laughs> she said, stop, stop, stop early. Um, but uh, I want to invite you just to go ahead and get something to write with. I'm gonna, we're going to be walking through the Lord's Prayer today. We're, we're entering into our 21 days of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow. And um, I'm going to give you some, some, some focuses that I feel like the Lord has directed my heart and so also our prayer times. But um, before we do that, what I want to do is this, is I want to have a, just a small, and again, this is the... This is the best opportunity to do this. It's a conversation I do not like having. I do not want to have. Um, but in light of the incident that took place at White Settlement um, last week, and that's becoming a little too common, it's unfortunate that we live in a time where that's happening, where there is um, demonic influence and things that are happening. What I want to just tell you guys, uh, first and foremost, this is, this is really important that I make this declaration, and that's one of peace. Because we have some things I'm going to tell you that are in place, but who protects us is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, okay? And that's our first go-to, all right? And so, in the name of Jesus, no fear. No fear. No fear, all right? We pray a hedge of protection around this place, around y'all. But we do have a security team in place, okay? And these are people who are trained, who are licensed to carry, um, who have gone through, again, other, other training outside of the church. We have talked about systems and protocols. And the only thing I want to let you know, okay? And again, I, this is, this, I hate this even coming out of my mouth. You don't know how much I wrestled with this. That if there was anything ever to happen in this church which there won't be, is that what we would do is if we'd ask you guys to just hit the floor, okay? You hit the floor and you can pray or cry or whatever you need to do, but we have people stationed strategically all throughout this building who are trained, who are licensed. We have even police officers that are in this building that if need be would be able to handle that situation, okay? But for your safety, just hit the floor. Okay, so that we can do what we need to do to take care of the situation. All right. But you are covered. You're covered just in by the Holy Spirit, most importantly. But you are. We also have those things in place. And again, I wish I could rewind the tape and not have that conversation with you. But in light of the situation, the circumstances that we live in, um, I felt like it was important. Okay, so stop. Take a deep breath. Ah, new year, great year, 2020, new decade. All right, let's get going. All right, so we're going to talk about um, understanding how we, um, how we are to pray, God's model, the model that Jesus gave, and we're going to look at that out of Matthew 6. But before we do that, I want to give you just a couple of um, prayer points that I feel like God has given us to believe Him for, and then again, the times that during this fast that we'll be praying. And if, if you... Um, feel like you are to fast and you, you don't know what you are to fast, ask the Lord. That's between you and the Lord again. This is not mandatory. This isn't an obligation. This is an opportunity, right? Um, and so it could be anything. If you are under some kind of medical advisement, you have a health issue, please do not fast food, all right? You can fast fast food, but don't fast food, all right? 
All right? So just hear me on that. Don't do that. You're not, God is not asking you to do that. I'd feel very confident to say that God is telling you not to do that. All right? There's other things to fast. Social media, TV. Um, you know, you can't fast a person, though. All right? That's just, that's, don't, don't do that. All right? Um, so that's between you and the Lord. All right? We're not telling you what to fast. That's between you and the Lord. But this is what I felt like the Lord told me, is that this year um, is going to be a year of renewal. A year of renewal. In a couple of areas. And if you want to write these down, go ahead and write these down. The first area is vision and direction. Vision and direction. I feel like the Lord is going to renew vision in our lives, in our church. And some of you are looking for new direction, new vision. And so what I want to do is I want to come into agreement with you that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you in a fresh way, renew that within you. And that could come from some things that have been spoken to you maybe prophetically in the past, some things that the Lord has tucked down, maybe spoken to you directly. Those things can even be years old. There's things that God has spoken to me, things that I know that are he's put into my spiritual DNA that sometimes life just stacks on top of and that gets buried down. But the reality is that's a seed. And that seed is not going to die, right? And so what happens is as, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, that's, that seed springs forth into fresh vision and fresh direction, all right? And so I just want to encourage you in that. We can probably all say we'd like a little bit of that, but we're going we're gonna to be praying and agreeing together, setting our expectation on that. The second area is hope. And the reason why hope, renewed hope, is, is this, is I know that over the last few years, and I know this to be true about me, I know this to be true about many of you out here, that the enemy has attempted to steal hope. And so in the next 21 days, we're going to have the opportunity to stand side by side and allow the Father to fight this battle, because what happens when the enemy comes against hope is he tries to steal future, and so vision and direction go hand in hand with hope, all right? And he tries to steal that. He tries to plant lies. Maybe he tries to plant lies of um, condemnation, lies of like even in areas, and I know this to be true. I don't want to presuppose this on anybody in, in your health. Like you can't hope for tomorrow. I've talked about my battle when I went through some, I'm not going to go down this road, but how the enemy tied in some things that happened with my mom and dad and said, hey, you're no different. I can snuff you out early too. But the truth is that the enemy does not hold your future. And he cannot control your hope. But you can't fight that battle. Only the Lord can fight that battle. And he will. All right? He will. So if you're in that place, then we're going to agree over this next 21 days for renewed hope. For renewed hope. Restored hope. The next area, there's only four, so stay with me, is faith. Faith. I believe that many of us here, the Holy Spirit is asking us to launch out in deeper faith. Faith is in the DNA of this church. It is something God has, it's, 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 it's actually within the DNA of every believer. It's not unique to our church, but we are a church that needs to take big steps of faith. We are a people that need to take big steps of faith to believe God for something big. And what that means is this, is that there are things that God has called each of you to that exceed what you can understand. And that's not a foreign model. That's a biblical model. God has always done that. When he called Abraham, 
and he said, I'm going to make you a nation. What do we know? He was old. His wife was old. It seemed impossible. They had no kids. It always exceeds what we think we're capable of. And the reason why faith honors God is because it puts us in the position where we must trust Him for the resource. And so we have to take steps of faith. You'll find that as you grow in your faith, what will take place is this, is that you will enjoy walking with the Lord more and more. Because the things that Paul talks about, the exceedingly abundantly above what you can think, ask, or imagine, will begin to happen. They'll begin to, you'll begin to see those things. You'll say, God, how did you get me here? And he said, yeah, I did it. You trusted me, and I did it. I said you could. You trusted me, and I did it. I didn't think I could. You couldn't. You couldn't. You can't. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough resource to do what God's called you to do. It's his responsibility. Trust him. So we're going to have some opportunities to... Trust Him by faith. That could come, again, in an area of health, an area of your children, an area of your future, an area of your finances, an area of you're believing God for restoration of a relationship. You're believing God for the salvation of somebody. It's going to require faith, all right? So we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to blow fresh faith into us. And then the fourth area is grace. Renewed grace. And the reason why... I believe the Lord is asking us to believe Him, to expect for renewed grace, is because we live in a hostile world. We live in a hostile world. And I believe God is giving us an opportunity to live in the abundance of grace that He is giving. And this grace is necessary for our growth, and it's necessary for us to be ministers of reconciliation that we've been called to be. Every one of us has been called to both live in grace. And if you can't, if you don't have a fresh revelation of grace, friends, listen, probably the easiest way for me to say it is this. Is if all you know about grace is that I've been saved by grace. And it's upstairs, but it's not in your heart. It's not a daily living, thriving thing. You're going to struggle with with the understanding of being worthy. You're going to struggle with the understanding of being the righteousness of God, being a son or daughter of God. And as you struggle with that, it is harder to give grace out of you. Think about it. When you feel terrible about yourself, how do you treat people? Awful, don't you? I know I do. When I feel like I'm angry, mad, messed up, when I'm mad at myself, then I turn that around and I treat people that way. That is why we need grace. We need to grow in that grace, and we need to be able to give that grace because we have been called to be ministers of reconciliation. The only thing that I believe on this earth in America that is going to begin to restore peace is a refreshed, renewed understanding, revelation of grace. The only way that we're going to be able to cross lines, begin to extend the love of Jesus, begin to see people the way that God sees them, is through the revelation of grace. It is through the revelation of grace. This will not be rectified any other way. Okay, So we're going to believe the Lord for these four things. Vision and direction, hope, faith, and grace. Now let me just tell you really quick some prayer times that we're going to have set up. Okay, Um, Tuesday, you can write these down, Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m., we're going to have a time of prayer, that'll be about an hour, and that prayer time is going to be a, uh, (laughs) 
more of a, a soaking saturation prayer. Um, Wednesday nights, we're going to be having a time of worship and prayer. A little bit, a small snippet of teaching on prayer. And we'll pray together over these areas and over other things. We'll have a time that we pray together, a time that we pray on our own. And then Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. And on Sunday evenings, this is what we're going to do is that we'll have some worship, but we're going to really just go after the Lord. All right. I know that, that that's a cliche saying, just come and find out. It's going to be good. All right. Come and find out. I believe that in that time, there's going to be a lot of ministry, a lot of uh, personal ministry, a lot of prayer for one another. A lot of agreement in prayer, a lot of breakthrough, okay? So these three opportunities are available. Now also, um, one other thing that the Lord just kind of dropped in my heart reminded me of this, and it brought me to tears um, that I feel like he's asking me to do, and I'm going to make available for you guys, is that on noon every day, Monday through Friday, this place is going to be opened up for prayer. In 1857, God moved on a man's heart named Jeremy Lanfier. In New York City, after there was the, 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 the country was going through an amazing, an amazing um, crushing. They were wrestling with slavery. The country was being divided, and they had a stock market crash. Jeremy Lanfear opened up a hall, and he invited people to come and pray at lunchtime. And only a few people showed up, but he held his faith because of what God told him to do. And he said, listen, it doesn't take many, it just takes two. If two of you come in agreement under anything, then I'm going I'm to be there, I'm going to be in your presence, I'm going to begin to move, right? He held on to that word. And what happened is God began to move as this prayer movement was rooted, not in just prayer, not in a meeting, but it was rooted in a passion for Jesus Christ. What took place is that over time, tens of thousands of people began to fill up these prayer halls all throughout New York and then across the United States and close down businesses every day during the lunch hour. And God moved in revival. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to give it a go. Because what I feel like my heart is just aching for and what I feel like God's asking me to just begin to believe him for. And this is what noon is going to be about. And I don't care if I am the only one. I am fine with that. Trust me. Is that we're going to be praying for revival for this country. Not revival in our church. Listen, friends, I don't care if we have big meetings here. But the revival that changes community is a revival that happens outside the doors and the walls of this building. When you look at guys like John Wesley and Azusa and these movements that God has sprung up through our nation, what you find is this, is that the biggest impact for anything that we've termed revival has not come in the form of a church building, but has happened outside the walls of a church. And every one of these movements that was substantial and meaningful began with prayer. So I'll be here at noon, Monday through Friday. You guys can join me for an hour if you want. All right. Well, it's 1130. All right. <laughs> let's see what we can do. Maybe my wife is right. All right. So let's go into Matthew 6 just really quick. I'm going to run through this. 
I want to give you just a real simple way to pray because I know that in our hearts that we understand that we need to pray, but sometimes we struggle with this, and, and, and I get it. I know that um, knowing how to pray or, or understanding the, uh, how to pray is, is something that, that we've all had to come through, and we've all had to experience or learn how to do that. And so uh, let's talk through that. Matthew 6, we'll start in verse 5 and read down through 14. It says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you that they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, have also, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I want to just start here. And break this down just really quickly. And again, if you're taking notes, just, just go ahead and just make some notes on this. I believe that Jesus starts this dialogue by helping us get our hearts in the right place. He starts this and says, listen, when you pray, don't be like these guys. Don't do this. And the gist of what he's saying is this. What I believe is the first thing that we need to understand when it comes to The purpose of praying and why we pray and how we pray is that we have to understand that prayer is a personal communication of love between us and God. It's a personal communication of love between us and God. Prayer is less about knowing the right words and what to say and more about the condition of your heart. I know that a lot of times people have struggled with that and they say, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. And friends, Jesus starts this again, this passage that we just read off with this very important thing. He said, listen, those, the people who are trying to be heard, and he calls them hypocrites. He's talking about the rulers and the Pharisees and these religious folks. And he's saying, listen, they use a lot of fancy words, but the reality is you don't have to use a lot of fancy words when you talk to God. It's not about what you know, the spiritual lingo that you know. It's about the condition of your heart, the honesty of your heart, the authenticity of your heart. And I hope that in a small way that brings some of us peace because what I feel like that says is what Jesus has given us permission and telling us is that everybody can pray. Everybody can pray. I think that's important for us to understand and to really just kind of settle our hearts on to know that we don't have to know. Maybe you grew up in a denomination where you had liturgical prayer. And, and there's nothing wrong with liturgical prayer. That can even be a good model sometimes. But it's not about knowing the right words to say. It's about the expression and the purity of your heart. Setting your heart in the right place and expressing your heart to God. Jesus, I think, closes this small little dialogue before we get into the Lord's Prayer. What we, what we call the Lord's Prayer is he closes this by saying, listen, when you come in to pray, and one of the ways that maybe we set our heart in the right place is that we don't have to start by focusing on our needs. 
Matter of fact, what we're going to look at as we see through the Lord's Prayer is that Jesus invites us to maybe put that last. Okay? And a lot of times when we come to pray is that sometimes we come and we, it's, it's not that we're doing a bad thing. And I want you all to hear this, all right? But sometimes we're carrying all this baggage and all this weight that we feel like we just need to dump it. And what God is asking us to do is just to get into His presence, to understand that you're talking in a love relationship with Him. And just begin to open up a line of communication with Him. So let's talk about how we do that. So Jesus said this. He, he set the, the framework, what I believe, and said, look, everybody can pray. It's not about what you know. It's not about the spiritual lingo that you know or any kind of spiritual understanding that you might think you need to have, biblical understanding that you think you need to have. I know what you need. I know who you are. I love you. So this is how you're to pray. So, so Jesus starts this off, and the first line is this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, this is unique because what Jesus would have said, even though this is so super common to us, we recite this all the time, is that this would have been kind of a, a shock to the listeners there that day because God was rarely referred to as Father. That felt too personal for the holy. Does that make sense? To approach God in that manner felt too personal, felt too, too loose, too casual. But what Jesus starts off the... This and, and gives us permission to do, and I think this is so important because there are so many names. We talked about some of those names last week, about the names of God and who He is. But when, we, when it comes to prayer, what Jesus invites us to is to address God as Father. I don't know about you, but to me that speaks of this deep love and this deep intimacy that He desires from us. He is Father first and foremost. He allows us to come into His presence in a personal way. He asks us to do this. This is not just a reflection of how we see Him, but how He sees us. Listen, if, if I were to have a formal meeting with, we were, as a staff, we were talking about this, and, and, and Chris Owasco, our youth pastor, brought up this good point. And he said, listen, if I was to go to Judge Brannick and, 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 and sit in front of Judge Brannick for a conversation, or if I had to ask him for something, I would address him as, your honor, judge, sir. He said, but if I had to go to my dad, I would approach him differently. I'd say, hey, dad. I would get close to him. I wouldn't be afraid to come into his presence. Why? Because there's that familiarity. There is that love, that understanding and, and really, for some of us, this might feel like a, a new information in some ways that God looks at you that way. And he invites you into the time of prayer that way. He says, listen, I love you. I want you to be close to me. I want you to know me. I want to have relationship with you. But in the same token, if, if we were to flip the, the coin... We are also coming into the presence of the Almighty. And to me, Jesus isn't telling us that God is wrapping us on the hand and saying that even though I'm Father, I'm holy. But what He's saying is this, this truth. Is that as the Almighty Creator, Eternal God, One True God, He is the one who can meet our needs, who is able to sustain us. As a sacred God, 
He deserves our attention and our focus. And I think this, in the same way, if I could picture this in my, in my mind, is that in the same way when I talk to my kids, if, if, if we're going to have a meaningful conversation, I want them to have eye contact with me, to see me, to, to look at me, and to know that I love them. It's my daughter on the front row. Who just got accepted to Texas Tech. But I'm not going to let her go. It's too far away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And so I would want them to understand that there's connection. And I believe that this is what God is saying. That we understand that he desires to call his father, desires to call him father, and wants us to know how much that he loves us, but also the fact that we are in the presence of a holy God. And he deserves our attention and our focus. And so the takeaway on this first thing here, and we won't get through all of this, and that's fine, is don't be afraid to approach God. Because He loves you, He knows you, and He longs for you. But when you approach Him, set your attention on Him. Set your attention on Him. Quiet your mind and your soul, and meditate on who He is, the Holy Almighty God. Set the cares of your life aside and focus on Him. There's so much more to be gained when we simply just focus on who He is. Now the second thing, and I'll probably, I'm going to stop at this point, at this, this next line. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray, Jesus invites us into the throne room of God. And as we begin to ask the Holy Spirit to set our eyes on heaven, we lose sight of this earth. Now, here, here's, I want to give you this, maybe a, a deeper or a, a bigger understanding, a wider perspective on this, on this phrase here. Because when Jesus invites us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what he is inviting us to do as sons and daughters of God is to assume our rightful place that we have been given through Jesus Christ in his presence. Now, where his presence is, is where his glory is. But God has also brought his glory in us, down in us. But oftentimes what happens in our life is that through our natural life, the circumstances of our life, we filter the things of our life through an earthly perception. Think about it. You filter your problems through an earthly perception. You filter your conflicts through an earthly perception. You filter your future sometimes through an earthly perception. But what Jesus is inviting us to do here when he says, hey, invite the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, is to gain the perspective of heaven. Now here's my question. How would the circumstances of your life look different if heaven was involved in them? How would the relationships of your life look different if heaven was involved in them? How would your future look different if heaven was involved in it? And too often, is what we do is we detach that truth, the truth of what the scriptures clearly teach us, of our rightful place before the presence of God and the throne room of God, to be able to stand in the place of where he is, and we detach it when it comes to the daily living of our life. 
This becomes a mundane in the ordinary, and we reserve Sundays, Wednesdays, small groups for the holy. But Jesus is saying, listen, when you pray, the first thing I want you to do to be able to set the stage for everything else that's going to happen is understand, hey, I'm dad, I'm father, and that's an intimate relationship, and that's how I see you, but I'm also holy, and I want you to invite the rightful place that has been given to you through Jesus Christ into the situations of your life. Every time we do this, at least every time I've done this, what happens is that the things that I have been tripped up with, the things that I've struggled with, things that I have been frustrated with, that I've kicked rocks about, I begin to see through the perspective of heaven, and it begins to shift me and change me. I begin to see a way where I didn't think there was a way. I begin to see hope where hope was lost. I begin to see life in those areas where I didn't think life existed. I begin to see the areas of my life that maybe I've struggled with or have, have felt some condemnation or some weight or the tanglement of sin differently. I begin to see freedom in a new way. Does that make sense? And see, the reality is this, is I think that even though we say this and we understand this and and we recite this prayer almost every Friday at a football game, don't we, right? Is that sometimes these simply just become words that we say and we lost sight of the meaning of them and the power and the authority of them. Would you think about how your life would be different if heaven invaded your life? And see, we either fall into two categories when heaven doesn't invade our life, is that we feel we, we fall into the category of just being simply okay with the mundane or rationalizing why it can't invade our life. And I believe this with all my heart is that you can't separate the Hollywood be thy name from the reality and the Father from the reality that God wants to be in your life. And God is not going to conform to your idea of how you are to live your life. Oh, friends, I'm telling you, if I can only burn something up with my words, I would. But I pray the Holy Spirit stings us to the core. That we get tired of living in the mundane. That we get tired of the direction of our own strength and will to direct our life. But instead, we trust the glory of heaven. Oh. Man, Mm. what would happen? What would happen? What would happen if heaven invaded our life? Andy, what would happen to your anxiety if heaven took control of your heart and your mind? Andy, what would happen to your health? Oh, if you invited in the glory of heaven into your body. See, friends, I'm, I'm either on the wrong side or the right side of this. And maybe I'm on the wrong side of it. But I'd rather be on the wrong side of it in the fear of getting to heaven and understanding and seeing the glory of God face to face and knowing that I could have accessed that here. 
Andy, what would happen if you invited God into the the relationships of your life, into the, the glory of heaven, into the relationships of your life? Andy, what would happen? What would happen? And the takeaway, I believe, is this. Ah, forget it. I want to pray for you guys. So I believe with all of my heart that God is desiring to shake us up. As a pastor, there's times, and I just want to be a little bit vulnerable with you guys. And I kind of saw this coming in as we were in worship. And forgive me for my, my disobedience, if you would. Sometimes God just wants to shove my notes out the window. Sometimes there just needs to kind of just be a stirring and a fire. And, and, and friends, listen, this is a... Uh, hmm. I just know God wants to do more. He wants to do more. He wants to do more. He wants to do more. So what I want to pray is this, is I just want to invite... Invite more into us. I want to invite more into us. If we simply just start with those two things. Our Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven. If we would just simply invite those two truths in. God, be Father. Be Father. Be Father. Be Father. Let's pray. I want you just to position yourself, whatever you feel fit, however you feel fit. If you want to close your eyes and bow your head, if you want to get on your knees or stand up, you can stand up. If you want to come down to the altar, you can come down to the altar. Father, I just pray right now the revelation of your love just to fill every heart. To fill every heart. To fill every heart. To fill every heart. Right now in the name of Jesus. I just break. The lie of the enemy of condemnation. Father there are people here. That are struggling in addiction. That are struggling with things. But in the name of Jesus. That is not who they are. And that is not how you see them. Now, Father, I break that in the authority of the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. I break that in the authority of the name of Jesus. I break every lie. I break every lie. I break every hurt, every wound off of any person that has felt that, God, you are angry at them. I break every lie, Lord, of any kind of connection with an earthly father that they see in you, Lord. Somebody, an earthly father that has wounded them, that has hurt them. That is not who you are. And so in the name of Jesus, let the revelation of the love of Father just fill every heart. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Oh, let your love just begin to flow. Let the revelation of you as Father begin to flow. 
Lord, for the fatherless, Lord, I just declare, Lord, your adoption and your love and your longing for them. Hmm. Now, Father, we invite heaven into every situation, into our life. Oh, Jesus, thank you. We thank you for the position that you've given us to come into your presence, that we are accepted into the throne room, that we are welcomed into the throne room. And I pray that you make that the reality of our life, that you break the mundane, that you stir a passion for us to live in the place of your presence in our daily living. Father, we invite your glory into the the areas of our life where we don't see hope and we don't see future. Father, for those there this morning that are struggling with seeing a hope for tomorrow, we invite your glory. We invite heaven into that situation. For those who do not see the possibility in their physical body, we invite heaven in the name of Jesus. For those that do not see hope in the restoration of relationship, we invite hope. We invite the glory of heaven in that situation. Lord, for our nation, Lord, we don't have the answers. God, you did not ask us to put our faith and our trust in political leaders, but we invite your revival and we invite the glory of heaven. On this earth. Lord for the wounds that are facing our nation. For the hate. That has just embroiled our nation. We invite heaven. Lord in our life. Lord as ministers of reconciliation. We invite heaven. Fill us with your grace. Fill us with your grace. Father for direction. For vision. We invite heaven in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen, if that's you, just just raise your hand. Just make a motion. I don't care. Lift your left leg up. Just do something. Father, for those who are in a place where they are looking for vision and direction in this year, we invite heaven. We invite you to come and to invade with your glory our future. Father, for those where hope, the enemy has tried to destroy hope, we invite heaven. We invite the glory of God in, that, in the midst of our hearts to renew hope. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we break hopelessness. We break the lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Some of you, some of you are facing that. Oh, man. Listen, you just need to make a motion. You just listen, let's lift your hopelessness up to heaven. Say, God, it's yours. I can't fight this battle, but I just thank you right now that heaven is invading this situation. And some of you are saying, well, how does heaven invade my situation? How does that take place? It starts, it starts by simply just yielding and inviting. Yielding and inviting. Friends, I promise you, the more that you center your heart and you just lean into this truth, this permission that Jesus gave us, 
as you pray this direction, as you meditate this direction, that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak to you, is going to begin to just release the revelation of the glory of heaven. And so, Lord, in that place where the enemy has tried to bring hopelessness, let hope rise up. Lord, rooted in the truth of who you are, Jesus. Now, Father, for faith. Lord, there's some folks here, Father, their faith has been beaten down. But Lord, I pray right now that faith would begin to spring up. Would begin to spring up, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that heaven would invade that place in our heart. And allow faith just to spring up like a well. To spring up like a well. Lord, that we would begin to take bigger and bigger steps of faith. Father, I thank you for the gift of faith, Lord, just being renewed in hearts. Lord, I thank you for faith for the impossible. Lord, I thank you for faith, Lord, for families, for marriages, God. Lord, I thank you for faith for the callings that you have given us, God. Just take a step. Yeah. Now, Lord, there are some, some folks here that have wrestled with this. Oh, they're fighting, 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 fighting. Lord, take the fight out of their hands. Take the, the will to fight this fight out of, their, out of them, Lord God. And just, just pour out your faith. Let heaven invade this place in our hearts. Let faith grow. Let faith grow. Let faith grow. Hmm. Let faith grow. Let faith grow. Hmm. Hmm. Let grace grow. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We desire to see you. We desire to see you. We desire to see you. In bigger and bigger ways. All right. Before I close, I want you all to look up here real quick. Um. Is that when we get into this place where we begin to, uh, and it's 21 days of prayer. Is that when we contend in prayer, we don't give up. Don't give up. Just don't give up. Don't give up. And some of you guys, listen, we'll start slow, but we're going to build. And you're going to find, listen, as you set your heart to just commit to this. And thank you for doing that, all right? I know this is a sacrifice. That's what a fast is. (laughs) It's no fun. Because you're going to find, you're going to find your heart connecting into the glory of heaven. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Because there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. I'm telling you, man, there's so many I'm, 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 <laughs> so many gifts and talents that I'm standing here looking at that I see. So many callings that I see, that I've heard, that I've, I've, I've felt. We say, oh, when we're going to step into those, when is it going to happen? 
And friends, some of the timing of heaven is a matter of us understanding that the gifts and the callings of God only manifest in the place of his glory. I'm not trying to give you big words. I want you to understand that. Because too often what happens is this, is that we recognize in these moments, these these highlighted moments, these open heaven moments, where we recognize our gifts and our talents, our calling, but then immediately, in the same way that Abraham did, we step into the mundane, we step into the earthly. And the reality is this, is that when the Spirit births something, the Spirit maintains it. And that is dependent upon relationship with the Holy Spirit, relationship with the Lord, listening to the Holy Spirit. And so as we hunger and as we contend for these things to happen, as to invite heaven to invade us, what we're doing is that we are opening up the opportunity. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's 12 o'clock. We need to eat a lot today. Like a bear going into hibernation. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. All right. As we close, there's a couple people that I want to pray for. Okay. Josh and Penny, I want to pray for you. When we close, I want you all to come up here. AJ, I want to pray for you too, man. The reason I'm going to do it like this is because I, I'm not... I'm not going to call things out. I know, I know everybody here. But what I want to do is I want to launch something in you guys. Okay. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Stand our feet. Hallelujah. And what I want to encourage you to do as we close to um, is that ministry time isn't over. Some of you guys might be just itching to pray for somebody. And God is, as the Spirit of God moves, right, what takes place is this, is that um, <laughs> you're going to start to feel some things and hear some things. And the only thing I ask you to do is don't be weird. But you can pray for somebody. You can go share with them what the Lord has spoken to you. Maybe you're supposed to. That's what the body's for. So if that's happening, you just go grab them and say, Hey, look, can I just pray for you? This is what I feel like the Lord is saying. Just minister to them. Go for it. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for your grace. Let your grace flow like a river in this place. Let it bring life. Let it burn up, Lord, just the dead areas of our heart that need to just go and let your grace flow and spring forth a new life, a new life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.